We are on the top of Yivamos, Lamed Zayin, Amabez 37B1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We just had a discussion about a case of a Suffolk Mamzer, our Mishnah's case of a Suffolk Mamzer. Uh, what happens if there's a question whether or not a child is a Mamzer? It's unclear whether a child is a Mamzer. So there's different examples for that. One example would be we don't know who the father is, or we don't know who any of the parents are. It's a question, who are the parents? Uh, and it, the, the child is potentially a mamzer, the child of a very severe a biblical prohibition of an illicit relationship that the punishment is kares, is an early death, and so the child is a mamzer. Uh, so if the child is a mamzer, they are not allowed to marry, if we know for sure that they are a mamzer, they are not allowed to marry uh, within for, to most of the Jewish people. If they are a Suffolk mamzer, what's the halacha if it's a questionable whether or not the child is a mamzer? We just don't know if the child is a mamzer or if the child is not a mamzer. And so there was a dispute between Abai and Rava. What was the position of Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov? What did Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov hold? And we follow, we follow the position of Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. The halacha follows his position. So this was a dispute between Abai and Rava. And so just to add one more point uh, to that, and then we will continue on in the Gemara. Uh, the the truth is is that everybody agrees that on a biblical level, a somebody who is it's unclear whether or not they are they are a mamzer, they are allowed to marry another mamzer. In fact, on a biblical level, they are allowed to marry a mamzer, and they're also allowed to marry if they want. They could also marry uh, a regular Yisrael. They can marry uh, somebody who is not a mamzer amongst the Jewish people as well. That everybody agrees with on a biblical level. Uh, the question is on a rabbinic level. The discussion is really about on a rabbinic level, do we say that uh, we should be more stringent and say that they are not allowed to marry them because uh, they are questionably a mamzer, so therefore we should be more stringent. But everybody agrees that on a biblical level, there's a special drusha. Uh, there is a special drusha to teach us uh, the way we uh, we learn the Pasuk. It is there to teach us that uh, somebody who's questionably a mamzer is allowed to marry a mamzer. They're also allowed to marry anybody else. They can marry whoever they want, really. They can marry a mamzer. They can marry a non-mamzer. They can marry really whoever they want. And it's really only the discussion is whether on a rabbinic level we have this stringency to say that they cannot marry a mamzer uh, or anybody else, for that matter, that they cannot marry anybody because they might be a mamzer, they may not be a mamzer. And so the discussion is really on a rabbinic level. So... It's different than uh, the way we said in the last recording. So the discussion is really on a rabbinic level, not on a biblical level. So the Gemara continues on in that discussion with uh, with Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. And the Gemara says, Amr Abaye. Abaye says, Mina amina la dekos fekel Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov kevadim mashvilei. How else do I know? What other proof do I have that Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov uh, follows the way I understood Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, i.e. that somebody who is a Suffolk mamzer, it's a question or not whether the child is a mamzer, is allowed to marry another mamzer. What's my source that this is the opinion of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov? The Tanya, because it says in a b'raisa, Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, Omer, Harei Sheba al-Nashim Harbe, V'inu Adeal, Ezemehen Ba. V'chen hi Sheba al-Nashim Harbe, V'inu Adeal, Ezemehen Kibla. If the world, or if there's a situation, a, a very terrible situation, where uh, there's a man who, he just... Uh, He's promiscuous and he has relations with many women, or there's a woman who has uh, relations with many men, and it's uh, it's it's leading to zima, what the what the Torah refers to as zima, uh, 
as uh, this terrible situation. It's the Rebbelezer ben Yaakov says that this is going to lead to. Uh, it has the potential to lead to mamzerim. It has the potential to lead to children who are mamzerim. How? Uh, because nimsa av no says bito. Because it can lead to a situation people don't know who they're related to. They don't know uh, who the father is of this child or who the mother is of the child. People don't know. Um, uh, or they don't know really, meaning they don't know that the child is really their child. They know who the mother is, but they don't know if one man has relations with many women, so then he just uh, doesn't know that there's a child uh, that came out of it. And so therefore a person could end up marrying his daughter, or a brother can marry a sister, because nobody knows. Uh, nobody knows who their father is. That there's, He says that it can lead to such a situation. And the key line here is that if such a situation would occur, and that's how society exists, so that it will lead to many mamzerim. It will lead to a situation of many mamzerim. And this is what the verse means when it says that when it leads to such, uh, such terrible situations, this is what the verse means. That the land is full of zima. It's full of uh, of this of the zima of mamzerim. Essentially, Rabbi Lozman Yaakov says it's the situation of mamzerim. Um, and so Abayi says that we see from Rabbi Lozman Yaakov, he refers to the children as mamzerim, even though the children, they're really not mamzerim. Because every situation where we don't know who the father is, it's a question whether or not they are mamzerim. We don't know who the father is. So we don't know the relatives of this person. So it could be that one person is marrying their sister or their brother, or they're marrying... Uh, an immediate relative, but we just don't know. And Abayi says that he refers to this verse of Zima, that Umalar Zima, literally the land will be filled with depravity, and uh, we just don't know. We don't know uh, whether or not this child is a mamzer, and Abayi says it must be that he means that we view them as a mamzer, so that they could marry another mamzer. So Abayi says, Rebbe Yaakov, the fact that he says this is proof to us that he views a Suffolk mamzer, somebody who might be a mamzer, we just don't know, as a mamzer, and they could marry other mamzer. Rava says, Rava, again, Rava said that within Rebbe ben Yaakov, he didn't hold like this. Uh, that Rava was of the understanding within Rebbe ben Yaakov that somebody who might be a mamzer really does not have the status of a mamzer and cannot, we're stringent, and they cannot marry a mamzer because they might not be a mamzer. So Rava, when Rebbe ben Yaakov quotes this pasuk of Umalar Zima, the word zima doesn't mean that they are all mamzerim. Rabbi says, no, it means zima is short for, it's an acronym for zim, zumahi. The entire world will be full of zumahis, of we don't know what who they are. We don't know who they are, what their status is. It doesn't mean that they have the status of mamzerim. It's just short for the concept of we don't know their family. We don't know their family. And therefore, according to Rava, it means that they are forbidden. They cannot marry anybody. They cannot marry a mamzer. They cannot marry... Somebody who's not a mamzer, they cannot marry anybody because we don't know who they are. And so Abaye and Rava, they both read this statement of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov to fit within uh, their own opinion. And this is really, not that it fits within their own opinion, but this is really the source uh, for their own opinion. Okay, that is what Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov says. And that is the dispute between Abaye and Rava in terms of how to understand Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. The Gemara now, for the remainder of this recording, will record, uh, will discuss... Two other statements of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Once we're on the topic, the topic does connect. These, these topics do connect. Uh, but it will discuss other statements of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. So the Gemara says, Yes, our king, even more so, Amar Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says that we have to be concerned 
for mamzeris for a situation where uh, a brother and sister will marry, and the yeser alkain it says furthermore beyond this. The idea here is that in the last brisa that was recorded, uh, it was about uh, uh, about uh, illicit relationships. It was about having sexual relationships outside the context of marriage, where a man has relations with many women or a woman who has relations with many men. Um, that was the case that was discussed before. Now we're discussing even in the context of marriage, there are certain scenarios which have the potential to lead to a, at least a suffix mamzer, a potential situation of a mamzer. And so he says that we have to be careful in those situations. So what does Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov say? He says, Lo yisa adam isha b'mdina zu ve'yelach v'yisa isha b'mdina acheres. Shem yizdavgu zelazev enimsa ach noses achoso. He says, and this is especially in times of the Gemara, he says that a person shouldn't marry one wife in this country. And then when he goes and he travels elsewhere, he, should mar- he shouldn't marry another wife. Uh, because what will happen? Because there is not that much communication between one country and another country. They're so far apart. It could potentially lead to a brother. They could, she could ha- he could have a child from one marriage, a child from another marriage, a boy from one and a girl from another marriage. The boy and girl can meet and they can get married and they don't even know that they're brother and sister. He says it could lead to such a situation. So therefore, a person should not marry one, uh, a wife in one country and then another wife in a different country. They shouldn't do that. Uh, already the, the post came from the halakhic authorities already from... Uh, uh, over a hundred years ago, they say that this doesn't really apply anymore. This shouldn't apply because it's such a small world. There's so much communication. Uh, people will know and they'll find out. Uh, and so therefore, uh, this wouldn't apply anymore. But in the days of the Gemara, where there was not that, as much communication, so then it could potentially lead to this situation. And Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov said that uh, they really should not uh, get married to one wife in one country and then to another wife in a different country. The Gemara says, is this really true? So the Gemara asks, Ini, is this really true? Vaharav Rav, when he went to Dardashir, when he went, when he was traveling to Dardashir, to the city of Dardashir, Machris, he, he announced and said the following statement of Amar, Man who can marry me while I am here just for a short time? So I want somebody to marry me while I'm here for, so, for a short time, um, and just, just to be married for a short time, and I'm going to leave shortly thereafter. Literally, it's for the day. Who will marry me for the day? Rav Nachman also, Rav Nachman also said, Ki ikla machrez When he went to a place called Shachnotziv, he would make a public announcement and he would say, Man Havaliyoma, who wants, who wants to marry me for the day while I'm here for the day? Uh, we will try to explain in a few minutes. I just want to go through the Gemara first. We'll try to explain what exactly is going on here. These are uh, holy uh, Amoraim, holy rabbis from the days of the Gemara. What exactly are they doing? Just go stopping off in a certain city and saying, who wants to marry me for the day? It's highly inappropriate. Uh, what exactly is going on here? So uh, let us first read the Gemara to get the flow of the Gemara, and then we will address that point. Uh, but essentially, the question is, they were already married where they lived, and now they're traveling, and now they're saying, who will marry me for the day? So this seems to go against Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov said that a person shouldn't do this because then maybe uh, they will have children from both marriages, and... There's concern that they will marry each other without knowing, that a brother will marry a sister without knowing. So the Gemara says, no, shiny Rabbanan de Shmayahu. The Gemara says that, no, this is Rab. We're talking about Rab and Rav Nachman. These are big rabbis. People refer to their children. They know when they see their children, they're called and referred to by their father. Their father is a public figure. And so then people know about the fact that this is the child of a very, of a very important uh, and big Rav. 
Um, and so therefore, people will not get confused. It will never. It will not lead to a situation. Uh, at least in this case, it won't lead to such a situation because where a brother marries a sister without knowing it, uh, because both of them, both children, will be referred to based on their father. Their father is a is well known, and so therefore, it won't lead to such a a situation where a brother marries a sister without knowing. So that is the answer to to that uh, to that question. The Gemara now asks another question. While they while they while they mentioned this story of Rav and Rav Nachman marrying somebody just for the day. They have another question. Valma Rava, Rava asks the question, how is this possible? How are they, how are they allowed to marry somebody just for the day? Uh, there's a concept, There's a halacha, there's a law uh, called Dam Chimud. Dam Chimud is the concept that if once there's a, a, if there's a strong desire, if there's somebody who has, a woman has a strong desire and she knows that she's about to have uh, sexual relations with somebody else, so that could uh, lead to her becoming a nida. That could lead to a period, and to an abnormal period, which would make her a nida, and then forbidden to have, she would not be allowed to have sexual relations. So if the rabbis really, they come on the day, they come just for the day, and they say, uh, we want to marry somebody for the day, so then we should be concerned. There's a concept called Dan Chimah, that there is this concern, not that it happens all the time, but there's this concern that it will lead to a period, that she will have a period, and therefore the law is, Rav said the law is, that they would have to wait for Shiva Nekiyim, they have to wait for seven clean days, in order to become pure, or and to make sure that she does not have Dam Chima, that she does not have the, a period out of this uh, strong desire uh, to be with somebody else, uh, but ha- this doesn't apply in a case where the rabbi comes just for the day, Rav and Rav Nachman, they came just for the day, so then, uh, why aren't we concerned for Dam Chima, how could they have relations if there's a concern for Dam Chima that she will have her period. Again, this halacha really doesn't apply so much today because it's only a concern from when they know that they will eventually have sexual relations once people get engaged. So if they're engaged, they know that they're going to get married. There's plenty of time. There are months in advance. And so therefore, there is not a concern. Uh, this concern is only if they find out for that very day or for the next uh, for the next couple of days. Uh, but now that we have, uh, that we know that they're not going to get married for months in advance, they're, they're they have advanced notice, so therefore this halacha is really not applicable uh, today. But it's a question. How do, how do they get married for the day? So the Gemara has two answers. Answer number one is, Rabbanan Shluchayu have a Answer number one is that not only did they make this announcement that they marry, want to marry a woman for the day, they even sent messengers beforehand. They sent messengers beforehand to say, listen, uh, Rav is coming in seven days, Rav Nachman is coming in seven days, uh, prepare yourselves. Just have, you should have Shiv and Akim. you should make sure that you did not have your period and that you had seven clean days so that you're allowed to marry these rabbis for the day, which even strengthens our question. What exactly is going on here? They send rabbis seven days in advance. Uh, they, they send messengers seven days in advance to notify everybody about the fact that uh, the Rav and Rav Nachman are coming uh, to marry somebody for the day. Very strange. But that's answer number one, which would answer that, that question. Answer number two, uh, the Gemara says that if you really, they didn't even have... Uh, sexual relations. The Gemara says that they, they did not really have sexual relations. They just had yichud. They were secluded. Even though in general, one is not allowed to be secluded with, uh, a man is not allowed to be secluded with a woman unless uh, it's his wife. Uh, and so therefore they had to marry them in order to be secluded. And that itself would... Um, would satisfy their desires, but they didn't, they didn't actually have uh, sexual relations. So therefore, they could be a nida. They really could be a nida, 
or potentially a nida, they can have their period and and they can be for, forbidden to each other, but they're still allowed to have yichud. They're allowed to be uh, together and alone. Okay, so just to address, before we discuss the, the last statement of Rebbe ben Yaakov, what exactly is going on here? That the rabbis are saying that they come to a city, Rav of Nachman, they come to a city, and they make this big announcement. Uh, so it's hard to say that they really just had such a strong desire and that uh, they act in such a way with the strong desire and then they just have, they marry uh, a woman just for the day, which is, you know, uh, marrying a woman just for the day. Uh, what exactly, what exactly is that? So it is, it, it, it's a strong question on the Gemara, but the, the Gemara itself is difficult because why would they even make an announcement? Why, even if you are somebody who has such a strong desire, why would you make such an announcement? Keep it private. Most people, forget about uh, these great uh, Torah scholars, but most people, they, they would keep this private. They would not publicize this. Nobody would publicize this. So why are they publicizing it? Another question that is asked is, why only in these two cities? Why specifically these two cities? Dardashir, when they visit Dardashir, or when they visit Shachnotiv, if, if they have such strong desires, whenever they're traveling, so it's whenever they're traveling. Why specify these, uh, these cities? And a, a third question is, why would the Gemara mention this? If it's really true that they had such strong desires, they couldn't control themselves, so then why would the Gemara mention their names? It's, in, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So why mention their names? Uh, so a few answers are given along similar lines. And essentially the answer is that they are not doing this for themselves. This is really not something which they are doing for themselves. Uh, but they, they are really doing this uh, to teach somebody a lesson. There's different ways to phrase it, but it's really to teach the people a lesson. Uh, so one explanation is that in these cities, the, the cities, the men were in these cities, they didn't want to uh, marry women. Uh, they, they were delaying the marriage, their, their marriage. They really didn't want to get married. And they were delaying their marriage. And so Rav and Rav Nachman, they were trying to teach them a lesson about the fact that, no, they should get married. Because some of these men, they didn't want to get married. Because once they're married, so then uh, it will decrease in their Torah study or other factors. Uh, and Rabbi Rav Nachman saying, look, we're getting married. It was really there to teach them a lesson. It wasn't because they had such strong desires, but they were they were acting, they wanted to act as leaders to teach them a lesson. And therefore, they publicized it. That's why the Gemara goes out of its way to say they made an announcement. Nobody would make such an announcement if they really had such strong desires. They made this announcement to say, look, you should get married. Go ahead and get married. We're going to get married. We're here. We're going to get married also. Um, and so that's, that's, what was, that's what was happening. Uh, okay. Last statement of Rebbe ben Yaakov. Final statement of Rebbe ben Yaakov. Tana, Rebbe ben Yaakov Omer. Rebbe ben Yaakov says, Lo yisa adam ishto garsha. A person should not marry somebody having in mind that he will divorce her shortly thereafter. You are not allowed to marry somebody knowing that you're going to have in mind uh, to get divorced shortly thereafter. Mishim shenamar. As the verse uh, says, Al tachrosh areacha ro'a v'hu yoshev lavetach. Uh, do not uh, devise or plan evil uh, towards your friend, i.e. towards your wife, uh, while she is still leaving, living with you in security. That a person should not marry, uh, marry his, uh, his wife having in mind to divorce her. The postgim, the Rambam, Maimonides, does say that if you informed her from the beginning that, listen, this is, we're going to get married, but just for a short amount of time, which is similar to what these rabbis did just for the day, so that is allowed. That is technically allowed. However, uh, the posts do say that this is not recommended. Even though it's allowed, it's, it's very much uh, not recommended, and it, we, we frown down upon it. Happens to be the rabbis did it, as we explained before, because they were trying to 
to teach them a lesson about how they should get married. Uh, but it's really not something which should be done, even though technically, if both the husband and the wife are aware of it, it would be it would be technically allowed based on halacha. Okay, that concludes the three statements of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov.